Welcome everyone to another episode of Be Kind Rewind. This is your Disney Plus movie podcast. And this is another old school Saturday throwback episode. Today we are pulling out the episode of the sequel to Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier, which is Davy Crockett and the River Pirates. And we just hope you enjoy it. We'll be back with a new episode next week. Talk to you then. Hi-ho, hi-ho, it's off to work we go. Born on a mountaintop in Tennessee, green estate in the land of the free. Raised in the woods so he knew every tree, killed him a bar when he was only three. Davy, Davy Crockett. original ringtail roar from the thunder and lightning country. I'm a real snorter and a headbuster. I can outrun, outjump, outsing, outswim, outdance, outshoot, outeat, outbreak. Outtalk? Yeah, outtalk, outcuss, and outfight. Anybody in a whole Mississippi and Ohio River is put together. Well, Captain, uh, meet up with Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. Davy, Davy Crockett, tangling with big Mike. Remembers the name of his gun and some of the deeds he really done. It's a battle royal as Big Mike Fink matches wits and daring with Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier, a head on clash of kings. You'll thrill to the keelboat race down the Ohio River through raging rapids and hostile Indian territory. Hey, Davey, look out! There's a rock that is! Here is lusty, gusty entertainment, packed with action, fun, and adventure, telling new tales of America's most fabulous frontier heroes. <laughs> when the king of the river joins forces with the king of the wild frontier, there's double trouble for the infamous pirates of the old Ohio River. Davy, Davy Crockett, king of the wild frontier. Welcome back, everyone, to another exciting, fun-filled, adventurous romp in Disney movie history. This is Be Kind Rewind, your Disney movie podcast. I am Dan Teets, and with me again is my faithful co-host, 
Ichabod Bones. And we have the Washington football team up in this episode. Whoop, whoop. And we are filming this. Yeah, filming. This is going live on the interwebs. No. And we are recording this today after the Washington football team took down the last undefeated football team in the NFL. How sweet it is. <sighs> now if they can just win their division. Ain't gonna happen. <laughs> well, since you said we are talking about the aforementioned Washington football team, or for those of you who are not in the know, that is those plain old Redskins. Oops. <gasps> <laughs> we are discussing... Hey, it had to be, man. They were the Redskins for longer than they've been the Washington football team. That's true. We are talking about the sequel to Davy Crockett, King of the Wild Frontier, which, if yes. you remember, we left Davy Crockett dead on the floor of the Alamo. Bum, bum, yeah. bum. So how did he recover to face the River Pirates in Davy Crockett and the River Pirates? We have no idea. They don't say anything Red Dead about Redemption. It. He's a zombie. He's a zombie. Red Dead Redemption. <sighs> Man, I don't, I don't, I don't know if I believe in the zombies. I believe in the Walkers. <laughs> Texas Ranger. <laughs> oh, this is gonna be one of those podcasts, huh? Yeah. Shoot. Well, we are doing something a little bit different. I did not. Re- Both of us had watched the movie. That this actually a theatrical release. So it was two of the parts. Of the Davy Crockett miniseries. I can't really figure out if parts three and four or parts two and three because it definitely would not come after Davy Crockett is dead. Unless he was a zombie. Of course, unless he was a zombie. And his but, name is John Marston. What? <laughs> You've Red lost. Oh, okay. I'm like, I don't understand what you were saying, sir. But you know, it's a good thing that we did watch this because I mentioned last week when we talked about the African Lion how the movies. And the Disneyland Park are starting to intertwine and twist together. This movie has a very significant connection to several Disney parks. So I'm glad that we did talk about it. Well, the movie proper was, well, is it a movie? Is it part of a miniseries? How do we actually categorize this now that we know that it wasn't actually... It's just an anthology, maybe? I don't know. But it was released on June the 8th, or July the 18th, 1956... So we are now on the back half of the 50s. Rock and roll is in America. And them dad blame hippies are going to start coming out the woodwork soon with their Dan Fogelberg records. And we won't know what to do. That's right. So since this was the quote unquote second part of the Davy Crockett mystery magical ride, which is what we will probably not call it because that does not sound right. But, um... For some reason, I missed this when this was actually on. I remembered the first part, because you see, I'm actually 70 years old in actuality. But I don't ever, ever, ever remember seeing this. You would always see, because there would be so many times that I would see Davy Crockett fighting off everybody in the Alamo. But you would never see him dealing with River Power or with the Washington. (laughs) So did, did you ever watch this growing up no okay i never knew of his existence but once i watched it i was the light came on i'm like now it all makes sense which is what we'll talk about a little bit later so the movie opens up on the ohio river in 1810 with davy crockett and georgie talking about the long hunt that they had just been on and it's nighttime, 
and a squirrel drops a nut in Georgie's cut cut cup excuse me and Georgie says that he's about to turn in not realizing that a skunk has climbed into his knapsack so hijinks ensue and I don't really know what happens because the next morning they find themselves at Maysville Kentucky and the and the town itself is boarding up like a hurricane's coming through all because of mean Mike Fink and Mike says that he'll take Davy to Natchez for a thousand dollars and there's another boat right next to Mike's boat and it is um, commanded by Captain Cobb and he says that he'll take them down the river if he can get them a crew if Davy can get them a crew I mean and so Georgie meets a man named Jocko who ends up being a, a member of Mike's crew. And while he's talking to Jocko, Davy rounds up a few men and sets off in search of Georgie, who inadvertently has challenged Mike to a boat race while he is a little bit intoxicated, with the prize being either his and Davy's furs or two barrels of whiskey. And so now that they've got a crew, the two boats set off after they're loaded the next morning. And the race sets off immediately with Captain's Cobb, Captain Cobb's crew falling overboard. Because they don't know how to actually handle a um, long paddle boat. So they come to a fork in the river and Mike turns the... Um, barrel that says to go to the left and he turns it so that it says to go towards the right and Davy and the rest of the crew end up going down dead man's chute and Davy sends the captain below so that way they don't lose him and somehow the crew makes it through the rapids and takes the lead as they're heading into Shawnee Town and this is not setting right with Mike and so he snorkels in, pulls two boats off of the Bertha Maze, which is the other boat's rudder. And then we cut to the next morning, where Mike's crew is heading down the river, and they're almost convinced to turn into a cave by the River Pirates, that are the other title characters in this movie. But they end up getting run off when they see the Bertha May coming up, and the Pirates end up getting run off by Davy and the rest of the crew because they all come out on um, canoes and try to stir up trouble and Davy and the rest of the crew of the Bertha May aren't having anything to do with that. So that night they end up landing in Nude Madrid, both um, crews, both the Bertha May and mean Mike's ship, which is named the Gully Wumper. And Captain Cobb sets off to get a new rudder as the old one has fallen off after their confrontation with the river pirate. Davy and Georgie end up leaving the bar that they had come into just as a fight had started, and they all head off. And then the next morning they come up on a man who is stranded on a deserted island, who they rescue along with all of his livestock. And when I say all of his livestock, I'm talking chickens, cows, goats. I think there was a mule in there. But Davy, not being a person to leave a man behind, says that they will take it all on, and so they do. And as a result of this, the old man tells them about a shortcut that's going to cut 40 miles off the trip, 
and they pull out just in front of the gully womper. And the Bertha Faye, like I said, pulls out in front of the gully womper and pulls into port just in front of the other ship. And so Davy says, well, I don't care about your two barrels of whiskey. All I care about is selling my furs. And Mean Mike, at the beginning of the race, had said, well, if I don't beat you, I'll eat my hat. And so, of course, Mike, being a man of his word, eats his hat anyway. So after the furs have been sold, Davy volunt- or Mike volunteers to take Davy and Georgie home. And Davy is followed closely behind after they've gotten off the gullywomper by what looks like a bunch of what are called indigenous people nowadays who catch both Davy and Georgie in a trap. They're taken in and told that they're... Oh, well, actually, no, this was um, indigenous people. I'm sorry. And they're told that they are they will be prisoners of the indigenous people as the Chickasaw attacked the river pirates. And Davy doesn't like where this is headed. And so he asks for his and Georgie's release in exchange for finding the pirates. And, of course, the Indians go ahead and let him do that. So the next morning they run on and find the Monongahela Bell, and it's deserted. There's no crew or captain or anything on board. And they had actually caught up to me, Mike, and they're back on the gully womper. And so they quickly pull the Monongahela Bell to shore, and somehow they have the um, supplies to rename the gully womper as the Danza, and they head on up the river. Now, the as there's as they're staying there, they meet up with a um, colonel who is working with the river pirates, but nobody knows that at the um, time of the that they take the colonel on. And so the colonel goes down below, and he bores a hole in the in the ship. And as he's um. And so he goes back up, and his big plan is to pull the pull the cork, and the ship's supposed to go down, and so the um, pirates will go on and board the ship and take everything. And this would have gone off without a hitch, except for the colonel giving away information to the pirates, and he gets caught. So the Gullywomper, a.k.a. the Bonanza, continues on up, and they run into the river pirates, and Davy, Georgie, and me, Mike, fight them off. And the, and the pirates send a powder canoe towards the gully womper. And me, Mike, pushes it and it heads back towards the pirates and it blows up. And the three ringleaders that are um, leaving the pirates get away. And they go back up to the cave that at the beginning of the movie when... Mean Mike was um, convinced to come into the saloon. That's where they had been hiding all of their booty. But Davy and Georgie take off, and they chase them into their hideout. And the one of the um, leaders had put a barrel of black powder down at the entrance to where all the booty is being held. And um, Davy likes a black. There, there's a. Um, big fight, and Davy liked the black powder that's been dropped, and it ends up with the um, loot getting buried, and Davy and Georgie come out, and the 
um, movie itself ends with Davy and Georgie setting back off for home and the Bonanza, a.k.a. the Gully Womper, patrolling the river. So the men get what's coming to them and they can't get to their loot because it's all gone. And that's how the movie ends. So I don't know what to make of this movie. I, st- I still don't know what to actually call this one, first of all, which is going to be a problem because we've been dealing with movies for as long as we've been doing this podcast, with the exception of the shorts or the Muppets, but we all know what to call them. Yeah. So you said that this one actually plays in several several of the Disney sandboxes, so to speak. Well, it it used to. It used to. Is it because of those dad blame Washington football team? No, no. There were. It's interesting because you said this movie came out in 1956. Yes, sir. Right. So I guess the shorts came out before then, and then they kind of put them together and made them into a movie because there was a ride that opened in Disneyland in California on December 25th, Christmas Day, 1955. And the name of the ride was the Mike Fink Keelboats. And then they went on to open one in the Magic Kingdom on opening day in 1971 and then they even had one in Disneyland Paris when they opened in 1992 the Mike Fink keelboats and they were just like they were in the movie boats you would get on them and push with a stick I never went on them but they closed the one in Disneyland closed in 97 the one in Magic Kingdom closed in 2001 and the one in Paris closed in 2010 so I don't know why they closed if they had to do with said football team maybe but they would run them on the rivers of america which is where the tom sawyer boat the huck Finn boat you know the the steamboat would run on that same body mm-hmm. of water but from what i've heard and i've seen videos guests could actually get out on the boat and you could you know take the stick and paddle it yourself so i don't know if it became a, a safety risk or or osha got involved or whatever i don't know maybe a gator got too close to somebody and snapped a teeth on their cigarette i don't know <laughs> But for many years, there was a ride called Mike Fink's Keelboats. Hmm. So when I, I, had, I had heard of the ride, and, but I never knew the back story. And then when we saw this and I saw the Mike Fink Keelboats, boom, lights went off. Okay, now I know where it came from. And that made the movie that much more interesting to me to see the boats and see how they operated them. And to know that for many, many years, that was a ride in three different Disney parks. And the interesting part about this is that Mike Fink is an actual human being. Oh, yeah? You would have thought that with them saying that this is a work of fiction, that Mike Fink would have been made up. But no, he was born in either 1770 or 1780, and he survived until 1823. Now, whether or not that overlaps with Davy Crockett, I don't know. I'm not quite that old. But I think in the movie, in the, toward the beginning of this movie, they told the time frame, didn't they? I think they said it was in the early 1800s. Yeah, 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 it was 1810. So he would have been 30, 20-ish, which is, it looks like that's about how old he would have been yeah. in the movie. And now that I'm actually looking at the miniseries itself, the the this part of the miniseries was actually parts four and five, which, once again... Yeah does not make any sense unless Davy Crockett was the first zombie slash walker slash Texas Ranger. Absolutely. I, I had, I'm, I'm, I'm at a loss for words because I would have thought for sure that they would have dropped this right after he goes to Congress. Yeah. They did not. And the boats and the rides actually were called the Gully Wumper and the Birth of May. 
the the boats that you could get on and ride. Now, was it an actual competition where somebody would get thrown off the front of the boat if you <laughs> didn't do things right? Yeah, if you went went past the football team and you got shot with bows and arrows. Goodness, I just I I I'm flummoxed to use an old timey <laughs> word. I love the Mike Fink character. He was my favorite character in this movie. He was kind of like the stereotypical Disney villain. Like, you remember Pete in the old Mickey Mouse movies. Oh, he reminded me of, like, Pete or, like, Brutus or Bluto, whatever, in the old Popeye movies. You know, he was just that. Or, like, Gaston or even, like, in uh, what the this Legend of Sleepy Hollow. I forget the, the guy's name, Brom Bones. He yeah. just reminded me of this the stereotypical big, loud braggadocious, boisterous Disney villain. Not mm-hmm. a true hardcore villain, but just kind of like a oafish, dopey, mischievous guy. Not a full-fledged villain, but just kind of a troublemaker. And that's why I liked his character. Now that you say it, I could definitely see Gaston or maybe Brom Bones in, in this character. So it's a, it's a wonder that they didn't actually capitalize on that and have a live-action Legend of Sleepy Hollow starring Fess Parker and Mike Fink. Yeah. yeah. Well, seeing as how this was actually the fourth and fifth parts of the miniseries, because each of these were actually an hour-long show, which in the 50s meant you had, what, 10 minutes worth of actual commercial time? And most of those were actually being done by the by the people during the show. Like you'd have yeah. um, Jackie Gleason walk off the stage and say, Hey, kids, you need to smoke parliaments. <laughs> And tell them Jackie told you. So, I mean, I could see how they would put these two episodes together because they were both interconnected. And seeing as how I'd never seen this before, which I have no clue how they, how I had missed this, unless it just wasn't as exciting as Davy Crockett versus the entire Spanish army. Yeah. It would be... I could see why it wasn't actually a theatrical release, but it did make for a interesting, and I use that word fairly lightly, it made for an interesting watch. Because, I mean, I until just now, I didn't even know that Mike Fink was a real person. And you would think, no. that, you would think that I would have done a little bit more research. But <laughs> as has been shown on this episode, I don't do any research until the day of. To find out when the show, when the movie was actually released in the theater, <laughs> and for that, I apologize to you, our listening audience. What are you talking about? I just finished watching the movie three minutes before taping. <laughs> <laughs> well, hey, you do you. We'll just throw you on the birth of May. Exactly. I I don't I don't know where to actually start on this because I mean <laughs> it was it had so many stereotypical um indicators that I should have known that there was going to be a problem because it had the little pop-up at the beginning of the movie. A saying, little disclaimer, yeah. Saying Walt Disney wants to apologize for whatever this will cause you pain and <laughs> we are sorry. Please do not sue us. And by the way, yeah. we did not cause COVID. <laughs> but, I mean, I was, when I watched this, I was trying to, I was like, okay, how, why are they even, oh, they're having white people dress up like the Washington football team. And that's pretty bad because yeah. white people can't play football. Nor could <laughs> nor could they shoot bows and arrows. <laughs> I mean, and the fact that it was all a big ruse to get 
Mike Fink to try to come in and sit at their quote-unquote bar so they could rob him. I mean, I don't... Yeah. I mean, it baffles the mind that this would be where they would actually go with part of the movie. Yeah, and then they would try to frame the football players to make it look like they were the ones who did it. There were some definitely some devious people, to say the least. Yeah. And then Mike Fink brings out the old Gatlin gun cannon and doesn't even put that on the actual tripod. He just holds it like a... <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> I mean... And blows him into the water. What'd you expect, Mike? <laughs> thing kicks like a mule. Yeah. Well, obviously he wasn't expecting that kickback. <laughs> yeah. I mean, there was so many bad things on this. What? Now that I'm thinking about it, was the Bonanza Mike's boat, or was that the boat that they found in the river? I think that was his boat, and they covered up the words of his boat with Bonanza to make it look like he was the banker. He was Remember, he was posing as a banker. He didn't want to give away that it was his boat, so he made up a, a fictitious name. I isn't, isn't it bad luck to change the name of your boat? I mean, I'm not uh -huh. a I'm not a nautical person, so I can't speak to that. But hopefully, one of our listeners is, and they can write into us at bekindrewindDMP at gmail dot com and let us know that. <laughs> because I mean, when I was watching, I was like, wait a minute, which boat did they actually rename the Bonanza? Because it wasn't. And then the more I looked at it, I do think it was the Gully one. Yeah. I think because Mike Fink fancied himself the king of the river, so he figured that people would recognize his boat and know that it was his, plus the fact that he had just been down the river a little while before and mm -hmm. had thwarted an attack already. So I think if they had seen his boat coming and saw the name on it, they would know that it was him. And since he was pretending to be a banker and bringing bags of gold, he wanted to complete the ruse and put a fictitious name on a boat so that it wouldn't give away that it was him before they discovered the bags full of rocks. Yeah, and that's another thing. I mean, I don't know how many people are quote-unquote brilliant enough <laughs> to not ask to see the bags of gold before you just get on board the ship. Yeah. Because, <laughs> I mean, you already know that there's river pirates out there. Don't you think that they couldn't be just kidnapping you and then putting you into a life of... Man of the Oars for the rest of your life. Yeah, true. But I do have to admit, the song that the guy sang had a good beat <laughs> to it, and he could dance. Yeah. Now, I was trying to actually keep up with where the ship docked, because it was, it was like, what, a three-day trip down the river? Yeah. When they were actually doing the, when they were doing the competition. Yeah. Started at Shawneetown, which is another very badly named town because that's not quite um politically correct nowadays either and then they stopped at <laughs> new madrid and then finally they got into and they actually got to where were they headed were they headed to new orleans or nachos or nachos yeah they were headed to nachos which out of the three nachos is the only true city name that i know of because there's actually books that i read that are based in Natchez, Mississippi. Yeah. So I don't know where did they start. Where did they start again? Because there is a Shawnee in Oklahoma and there's a Shawnee in Kansas. So I don't know if either one of those are on the river. They started in Maysville, Kentucky. 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 And then they go from there to Shawnee Town. 
and then from Shawnee Town to New Madrid. And New Madrid was where Captain Cobb tried to get the rudder on. And, of course, there had to be a fight because it's not a Davy Crockett movie without a fight happening at least once every 35 minutes. Yeah. So, I don't know. But, yeah, in the in the notes proper, I actually said that Davy is followed by a bunch of indigenous people, which then end up being... That's safe. The, the not... The not indigenous people, but end up being the fake Washington football team, otherwise known as the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> oh. Yes, I went there, people. So, but I had. I mean, this was this was a movie, without having without having any background on it or knowing where it came from or anything, especially not understanding why they put this one after the Alamo. Now knowing that it was actually the fourth and fifth parts of of the miniseries. Yeah. Because it could have been done so much better if they would have dropped this in either before he went to Congress or after he got back from Congress. Yeah. And have him have a little bit of a um, interlude. But, I mean, I'm not the chairman of Walt Disney in 1955. I think yeah. that would actually still be Walt Disney, wouldn't it? Seems like the first movie was popular so this was kind of a money grab hey let's do another davy crockett movie yeah disney <sighs> wouldn't do that though they wouldn't do a money grab well i don't know but yeah this was this was actually written it was actually done as a part of helping him build the disneyland theme parks exactly so i liked it i found it very interesting because i'm a big fan of the parks and i i yeah. i like the, the the scene the river scenes actually one of the river scenes actually looked like they were on Bay Lake here in Florida, which obviously they weren't because it was filmed in 55 or so, and there was no mm-hmm. even a thought of Disney World at that time. But it just it had the Disney feel to it, and when they had their little cave, cavern, where they had their treasures and everything, it just felt like you were in line for the Pirates of the Caribbean with the gold, and the, the or you were on Tom Sawyer's Island. It just felt like you were going through the caves. Yeah. On Tom Sawyer's Island. So it just really had a Disney Park vibe and feel, which is why I really enjoyed it. And the connection to the Mike Fink keelboat ride at the parks. It was definitely like a, a paid, like a document, like a promotion for the parks, I guess you could say. Yeah. Infomercial. The previous infomercial has been brought to you by Walt Disney <laughs> and Disneyland. Please come visit us. Our tickets are only $3. <laughs> yeah. Per family. In 1960, Back then, that, probably. The, yeah, in 1955, that probably was about right. I, I don't, once again, well, I back, don't know. Back then, they sold tickets like they did with carnivals. You paid to get in, and then you bought tickets to ride different rides. So it was probably a quarter to get in the actual park, and then yeah. a quarter to get your shoes out of the um, yeah. out of the tar that was still setting from them opening that morning. <laughs> And then yes. a quarter if you wanted to use the bathroom. I'm sorry, we just went blue. I'm sorry. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, I don't know where else to go with this. Just because, I mean, they they even said that after the after the 50s, Davy Crockett made a return with Disney in two further adventures, which is these two: the Keelboat Race and the River Pirate. So I don't know. It might have been a cash grab. By Disney because the because the first three did so well and actually made a made a couple of dollars in the theaters or it might have been like we said a direct to video release that was thirty yeah. years ahead of its time definitely so moving in 
to the all-important question. And oh boy, where to unpack this. Today's impact on the movie, or today's impact of the movie. Of course, first of all, we wouldn't have someone named Mike Fink. His name would be Tom <laughs> Fink. Or <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm joking. Um, I mean, the fact that you had river pirates that would dress up as indigenous people would be by well i mean it actually is historically accurate because i'm reading a um biography on the state of wisconsin and those kind of things actually happened in the early 1800s where people would dress up just so that way they could be someone else could actually be blamed for what was happening yeah so i mean walt disney was on to something by by doing this but in today's world you would have to have white men that were trying to beat up other white men or you wouldn't have them in there at all and of course it technically was white men but they were not portraying white men yeah but in today's world you can't portray something that you're not if you're if you're having a person of a certain race then a person of that race has to fulfill the role or you'll raise an eye or if you're Someone who is a particular, how do we say this, gender persuasion, you have to have someone of that gender persuasion to play the role, or it's not okay. So you can't have a white person playing a Native American. That's not acceptable in, anymore in our society. So I don't think this movie would even work the way it is. It would have to be completely rebooted, obviously. But you still have in the... Um, sports entertainment business you have people that are not portraying where they are from as a sports entertainer <laughs> right because i mean as late as well i mean as late as like the 90s you had ricky steamboat portraying that he was a or he was from the pacific somewhere and i mean he was he was from hawaii i think but that wasn't how they actually had him written he was from japan and he was a judo fighter yeah and i know that's a long way to go off to bring us into the world of the world wrestling entertainment you have to bring it somehow it's true but as far as any other places where that happens i can't think of anywhere else where you'd actually have a an indigenous person being played by a non-indigenous person yeah because i mean you had back in the 50s and 60s all Italians were playing the indigenous people because the Native American that was standing on the side of the road was actually an Italian man. <laughs> the the man that had the one tear that came down as the person chucked a piece of litter out onto his road. Oh, really? Yes, he was actually an Italian. Wow. And Chief J. Strongbow, Italian. Uh, <laughs> I don't think Tatanka was an Italian, though. Because now we're actually getting into the type, the time of wrestling that you want. Mike Fink would be a good heel. He would get over. Yeah, especially... He would be a good draw, strong draw. Especially if you're talking about somebody coming in and wanting to beat up on the little people. Oops, wait, no. Is that what they're called? <laughs> Man, we're, we're, we're getting very far afield with this. Um, is there anything else that today would have us not make... A Davy Crockett movie, other than the fact that you would have to have 15,000 indigenous people playing the parts of... Well, is any of this mirrored in culture today? Oh, there was mass consumption of alcohol. There was tomfoolery. So, yeah, 
I don't know. People pretending to be something. People drawing people in under a, a false pretense. False pretense to ambush them. That was seen as recently as GTA Five, where you're driving along and the girl says, "Help! Help! I'm being attacked!" And they jump out and you go help her, and then you get ambushed and beat up and get all your money stolen. So it's the same type of thing where they're saying, "Ooh, come have fun with us in the cave!" And then they you go in the cave. Oh, brown bones get Mike think it's his hair all fixed back like he's gonna go have a good time with the ladies and no no they're gonna jump him but fortunately he did not get jumped because davy crockett and the bertha may came up out of nowhere and saved the day and they're like well crap we got to keep rowing guys sorry yeah yeah that that was that was kind of funny how every time that bank thought that he had the race won and he could actually kick back and relax he turned around, and there suddenly was Davy Crockett, or he's coming around the the dead man's curve on the rapids. Oh, that was something that yeah. I actually wanted to mention. The oh my gosh, the fact that they tried, and that was definitely green screen prior to being green because yeah. you because you had Davy Crockett getting water splashed on him in the front, and then you had just the rollicking waves probably from one of the. Walt Disney real life adventure movie. Yeah. And it was oh my gosh, this is so bad, but it's so cheesy and at the same time it's so good because it's Oh yeah. Reminded me of the Willy Wonka movie where they're going through the tunnel in the boat and the chicken gets his head cut off and everyone's freaking out and Willy Wonka's just singing. Yeah. Solid gold Wait, what was what was the song that that the that the two timer actually sang? I can't even think of it right now. Oh, yeah, hair of gold, hair of yellow gold. <laughs> and then he's like, I got another song I want to sing real quick. It's Davy Crockett and Mike Bank. Hurry. <laughs> so when did when did you say that the, that the keelboat rides were declared unhealthy by OSHA or whatever it was that caused them to be shut down? Yeah, well, I think in, in Disneyland in California, I think it was 1997 that the ride was closed down. And then in Magic Kingdom, it was 2001? Yeah. And then in Paris, it was 2010. So as recently as 10 years ago, there was a Mike Fink keelboat in Paris. Hmm. But it was like an opening day. Well, in Disneyland, it opened on December 25th of 55, so just a few months after opening. But in Disney World, it was an opening day, October 1st, 1971. That was there for opening day of the park. And then, I don't know when Disneyland Paris opened, but... It says April twelfth, ninety two, so that sounds like right about when they opened. But then somebody probably fell off the front of the boat and then they determined Maybe. that they were drunk and then they had to shut down the ride and conduct an investigation and they all blamed Mike Fink and so they just said, Well, let's go ahead and shut down his ride so that way he can't make no more money. Oh, look at it. So so about five thirty PM on May seventeenth, nineteen ninety seven, the Disneyland Gully Wumper began to rock side to side, it capsized dumping a full boatload of passengers into the rivers of America, leaving several with minor injuries. So that's why. Mm-hmm. Too many people on the boat, rock the boat, don't tip the boat over, and they did. <laughs> and there is your musical parody for the episode, which yeah. I actually got that one, unlike the Tito episode, Tito from the last episode. <laughs> yep. Toto, not Tito. Tito Santana and Rick Martel, Strike Force. Okay, so does this fit into today's society, and if so, how? How? (laughs) 
I'm sorry. Please come Please back. Score next a touchdown. Please come back. We we didn't mean it. We love you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I don't. I don't. I don't even know. I mean. I don't. I don't know. I don't think it's very. Yeah. I don't think it would be. I mean, it's still on Disney Plus, so it wasn't like as bad as say Song of the South, where they just decided not to put it on at all. So I mean, I guess it's still culturally relevant to some degree. Yeah, but because it shows what people. And we actually talked about this with the last episode, it sh- or the with the last part of the Davy Crockett. It showed what people thought were was correct at the time, because I mean, once again, you had people that were that would literally dress up as Native American slash Indigenous people, so that way they could be blamed for something, and then you run in and you take their land because oh well, they jumped a squad of people, but. I mean, it's... even though they weren't indigenous either, but don't get me started on that. They came across to Bering Strait from Asia, so they weren't Native Americans either. But we won't go there. <laughs> oh come on, why not? I I could feel like you're wanting to get started here tonight. <laughs> not from yeah, not from Asia, from Russia. Sorry. But 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 I could see Russia from my hat. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, is there anything else that you think we need to throw? On the bonfire that is the keelboat of the Bonanza? When Davy Crockett comes in and finds his buddy up on the chandelier, just spinning circles around, drunk off his butt. And I'm like, really? That whole chandelier is being held up by one screw? Really? That's it? It was it was a mighty powerful screw, though. Didn't even have a <sighs> swivel or anything on it so that this wouldn't happen? Well, I mean, this was, was this fun. was the this was the 1800s. They didn't know about swivels and how things actually how things actually worked. Yeah. Okay. Well, then I guess it's time to throw this one on the riverboat, toss it downstream, and hope that it makes it to the mighty Mississippi, or excuse me, to the Gulf of Mexico. Yep. Thank ever thank you for sticking around and dealing with the meanderings of these two old men. Since, once again, I was born in 1953 and I knew about the Davy Crockett ride before the Davy Crockett people knew about it. Um, please leave us a review on iTunes or wherever you actually listen to the um, show. Because that's the only way that we will get people to um, get more people to listen. Because it's by word of mouth and by ratings and reviewings and things like that. Um, you can leave us an email at DMP at gmail.com once again the dmp stands for disney movie podcast and um let us know what you think about davy crockett whether he is culturally inappropriate does not need to be talked about ever again or if he was one of the greatest people that ever lived which i think was what i said before i found out that he had a red dead redemption and came back for parts four and five of the <laughs> yes um uh, as always, we will be back next week with another episode. So until then, stay safe, stay hungry, and watch out for the gators when you're out keelboating. Out. Thank you for listening. You can send us feedback at BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. We welcome any kind of feedback, and it might get read on the air in a future podcast. Once again, the email address is BeKindRewindDMP at gmail.com. If you have a moment, please rate and review our podcast on whatever streaming service you are listening to us on. 
This and word of mouth are the two ways to help us reach a larger audience. Thank you in advance for doing this. Thank you again for listening, and we hope you have a great day. Goodbye. Talk it. Drinks Mountain Dew. We can end it there. (laughs) And that may be our outro for the show. (laughs) And remember, kids, Davy Crockett drank Mountain Dew, and you should too.